Shalom from Israel. This is Jonathan Feldstein with the Genesis 123 Foundation. Welcome to another episode of the Inspiration from Zion podcast. I'm so excited to uh, I'm so excited to be able to share with you in general and have this privilege as an Orthodox Jew from Israel talking about subjects that relate to Israel and building bridges between Jews and Christians. And I'm really grateful for the uh, opportunity and privilege to do so. Today, not going to be our, it's not our first podcast, but it is the first in what I hope will be a series of, of having uh, great Christian leaders coming on board and having a conversation about what's the significance of Israel, right? I can, Jonathan, as a, as a Jew can talk to you and you, you watching this, or excuse me, listening to this probably know a lot of the reasons, or at least the reasons that you're supporting um, Israel and why Israel is so significant to you. But I want to create a dialogue and bring in a whole bunch of uh, pastors and, and, and other people who can, who can expand upon that and add some uh, depth and breadth to it. And today, I'm just super excited. This is the first time we're having this kind of a dialogue as part of uh, the Inspiration from Zion podcast. And so naturally, I turned to one of my closest friends, um, Reverend, Reverend Linda Chandler with the Austin Brethren Church in Austin, Texas. Um, I remember how we met. I remember our mutual friend, uh, another Israeli man who introduced us. I know, I know as much as I know anything in the world, what an incredible divine appointment that is and what a blessing that this relationship has, has become. Um, we've become good friends and because of her support for Israel, which which she plays out in 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 her living and in everything that she does, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, we have become super close, and even to the point that when we were establishing the Genesis One Two Three Foundation and one of our early programs, Run for Zion, um, she was the first person, uh, one of the first people that I called and invited her to be on the board. And I'm thrilled and blessed that she is a member of the board of the Genesis 123 Foundation. And she, to that extent, she's not just been my friend and board member, but a, a partner. And I was going to say partner in crime, but I, I, I probably, <laughs> well, maybe we can coin a new phrase today and call it a partner in blessing. So uh, Pastor Linda, uh, I am just thrilled to have this conversation with you and, and introduce you and how wonderful you are to everyone else who's following this and begin to have a conversation about why Israel is significant um, for Christians. Um, thanks for, for taking time today to join us. I'm really glad to be on here today. And uh, I'm always, you and I have such a good time together. I, I see it's more like a brother and a sister or something, you know, and uh, sometimes I'm the older sister and uh, it is, it is a wonderful, wonderful partnership. It's something I definitely believe is God constructed. Yeah. Uh, absolutely was a divine appointment. Um, and, uh, you know, our families have uh, broken bread together yes. and I've come, come and been with you on Shabbat and it's just, uh, been a wonderful, uh, it's a, it's, it is a absolutely wonderful relationship. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, you know, when God, uh, injunct, what's the, what's the verb when God tells us to bless Israel and he's going to bless us. I always say to people, there are infinite number of ways. We're just stupid people. There are an infinite number of ways, more than we can conceive of, that he does bless us and can bless us. And honestly, the truth of the matter is, 
just our relationship is for me blessing enough. I mean, it's been amazing. And one wouldn't think of that as necessarily God's, God's formula as part of God's formula, but certainly it is. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think I've even said in, in life, uh, giving, giving of anything is relational. So giving of yeah. self is like kind of the highest form because does not God give of himself right. to make these divine appointments to come forth and right. all that. So yeah, it's right. a true blessing to be here today. It is a blessing. So let's jump in and okay. talk about, let's to, to the wider conversation about why is Israel so significant significant to Christians and why it should be. I don't know that we've ever actually discussed this, but at what point in your life did you connect the significance of Israel to your faith as a Christian? And and why? Where tell tell us that. Tell us about that. Well, I you know, I I'm a Christian since the cradle, basically, you know, and everything. But um and I I have to be real honest, I never grew up with ever hearing anything dis- disparaging about uh, Jews or Israel or anything, probably it just wasn't even in my mind set. But I went to, uh, when I went to seminary as a second career person um, and to be a pastor and, a, and, and to learn more, um, I took a trip to the Middle East in 1998. And that was my first experience in Israel. Um, it was a good experience. But where it was really solidified for me was when I returned in 2006 with a, a group, and it was really with my best friend. And I had said I'd, I've already been to Israel. I've you know spent 21 days uh, touring the Middle East back in 1998. So in 2006, I I wasn't thinking I needed to go again, but I definitely heard um, kind of the voice of the Lord that said, "You need you're going to go." you're going, you're going. And I was like, okay. And so um, when I went in 2006, um, I, the very first day that I was there, I had an experience, an, if you want to call it that, but I woke from a dream of a lightning bolt coming down and I heard the word repentance start, the phrase repentance starts today. And actually I was in Jerusalem uh, in a, I think the Hotel King David and I, I just got down on my face and I was like, Oh my goodness, what is this about? My best friend was with me. And I said, you know, I need to be sure my heart is okay. I I don't know what this is all about. And so we just prayed and um, I'm a big praying person and we just prayed and asked God to show us. And if there was anything in me that, you know, shouldn't be there, I wanted it out, but I didn't relate it how it was really going to, I thought it was a personal thing, you Uh know, I was in God's city, you know, and, that kind of stuff. But immediately, the first place we went that day, this is our first day in Israel. Uh, we'd flown in the night day before, but the first day to tour. And we went to Caesarea on that, that amphitheater, you know, on the Mediterranean Sea. Right. Um, again, that voice spoke to me and said, you need to apologize for what the Christians have done to the Jews. Wow. And I, I, I I'm, intuitive or intellectual enough to know that, you know, World War II or everything, but I'd never studied any of that stuff. And so I asked our guide and I I told the pastor that was leading the group, I said, I need to do something. And so I did right there. We were, I repented and our guide's name was Reuben. I thought that was very clever of God. That's the first tribe. And uh, I just said, you know, uh, I want to ask you to forgive, um, me as a Christian, I'm just going to stand for Christians and what all we've done for 2000 years. 
um, because it's not right. And I want to repent of that. And, 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 and he just kind of looked at me, he didn't know what to do with it. Of course. And then I, I was so nervous, uh, but I was trying to be obedient. And I, so I just looked at him and I said, well, do you forgive me? And he said, but of course, and he, he was very kind. And I hugged him, have no idea if he was Orthodox or not. I, I know I'm not supposed to do that. That's kind of my joke, but anyway, um, that, that'll be for another episode because yeah, sometimes right. some people listening don't so, know why. Yeah. And so anyway, um, but it was a, it started something in my heart to make me understand what God was showing me. And so the whole, my whole life now has been spent to understand what is God doing with Christians and Jews. And there's a real telling, uh, if I could just say this here, in Psalm uh, 11.3, it says, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Wow. And so I started thinking, I knew we are rooted. We only, we're rooted in Judaism. We're rooted in the Jewish story because Jesus is a Jew. And, and, and so if they're laying the foundation uh, I better know what the foundation, I have to realize the foundation. I had at that point not really come understood replacement theology, but I began to read and study and, and a di- lot of different things. And I began to see, I understand that, that I did replacement theology and I, I was appalled. So that's where it started. 2006 was uh, God got a hold of me and I have never been the same. Great. So I want to, I want to go forward, but before I do rewind and I neglected at the outset to, to, to mention something which is appropriate because you've just mentioned a number of topics that we probably won't go into today. And probably some people don't know necessarily what we're talking about. Even there are, there are Christians like you, like you, or you were, who never heard the term replacement theology and, and don't understand. And I'm not even going to define it. People can, can right. look that up and, and, and be as shocked as you were. But, but I want to encourage that even though this is a podcast and today it's a dialogue between the two of us, I always want to widen the conversation. So I, I beseech people to be in touch with us at, at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. Um, and and ask questions and let's engage in the dialogue and 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 yes. maybe this will breed other other interesting podcasts that people who are listening want to know about. But I want to go back to that that experience you had in Caesarea in 2006 because as you were saying it, first of all, perhaps people who who have never been to Israel don't know that Caesarea right now is a very city on the Mediterranean coast, but it used to be a Roman port that has been. Uh, excavated, and they have a, not just the amphitheater that you're referring to, but um, um, what's it called? The arena. The and, arena, and that's where I was. It's in right, in the arena, and there's a there's an amphitheater, and there's a whole port area that's that you can go and revisit, and it's been really well constructed, but how, so, so that's where we're talking about. It was one of, what, two or maybe three Roman ports to the land of Israel, at the time, um, but it's so interesting that 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 voice spoke to you there about repenting, because where in fact did replacement theology begin? Where in fact did the crimes against uh, the Jewish people from what I say? People can't see me using my fingers in quotes to say the church, but that was under Rome. That was in the year three hundred. Yes. So, yes. so yeah. not at the time. Um, I, I'm 
tied that. That's good. I wasn't right. Yes, right. So you were there. Yeah. You were in ground. It it wasn't yeah. literally ground zero, but but let's go with it. Yeah, I mean, it was. No, certainly, it was. Well, in the, yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, uh, Rome still controlled the the land in the year three hundred. So okay, so it's it's ground zero for replacement theology. One of the satellites yeah, of, of the Roman Empire. Um, but explain to me, so it's so interesting that until 2006, uh, you, you, you never said, I mean, you, you, you never had a particular interest or disinterest in Israel, but it was only 2006. And you and that, that second trip wasn't even something that you had planned. God told you that you needed to do, and you said, okay, but where were you as a Christian vis-a-vis Israel before 2006? Well, like I said, I never had heard anything. The churches that I went to and the one I was raised up into, they were very uh, Israel. As my mom tells me, I was just a little girl. Um, My grandfather was, um, they called him in Corpus Christi is where I grew up, Texas. And they called him a friend of the Jews. He had many, many Jewish friends. He's a businessman. And so we grew up with nothing in us to not think differently, you know, about Jewish people. But I will tell you this. I just remembered this before 2006, when I uh, came to Austin to go to school and everything uh, and seminary, um, three years later, when we got ready to build or plant a church, um, the the community that we moved to um, in uh, Cedar Park, Texas, um, I moved down the street from um, Beth Rogowski, who is my dearest friend today, and she's Jewish. Um, uh, uh, and she is, uh, uh, and so she and I had already started conversations mm. about um, Israel, the Jewish people, and all of that, because she's very. She's done her bat mitzvah and all of that. And I, that's the first time I ever started learning about the uh, Jewish people or about, um, I went to synagogue with her once before that. So that was already in my mind, uh, this idea of understanding deeper. All right. I just didn't, I thought I'd learned it all by, you know, going in 1998, but 2006, is when I begin the studying. Great. Deeply. So how did that um, how did that transform your own faith? Uh, oh, huge. Yeah. Huge. Okay. Because when I when I probably as a Christian, you know, and I based all mine on uh, Jesus, the Christ, the Anointed One. That just means uh, the one that follows, and He's our Messiah. We didn't. I didn't use the word Messiah very much because I didn't even understand it. Interesting. It's more, it seems to be more of a you know a Jewish concept, but and that's a problem with. I used to think, well, no wonder we give him a Greek name, Jesus. That who. Who, what Jew would understand Jesus? His Jewish name is Yeshua. And, and even just little things like that. I was like, well, that's why we can't even have a conversation. It sounds like we're talking about somebody, a foreign God is what I'm trying to say. And so I just started learning just little nuances of, and I had no desire though, that I thought I was supposed to go, you know, find a Jewish person and make them say Jesus. You know, I, I, I actually just, I just 
started trying to understand how it is God's bringing us together. Cause I just knew that intuitively that he was, he was weaving something that I didn't even understand. And that's what it's been for the last, what is that now? 15, um, uh, 15, 15 years. Fifteen. Yeah. Years. yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, uh, if I don't, if, I don't want to get off track, but then I got to study in, at Yad Vashem in 2014. Life changing to spend a week learning everything about the Jewish people. And that was that was another God thing because they only choose 25 people a year. Who am I? I do not have a huge church. I have more of a missional church, but my church is very dedicated to our Jewish root. Yes, because if you you have to have a foundation that has to be built on. So let, let me just interject for a minute. Okay, People who are, who are listening may not know what Yad Vashem is. And I did oh, know that I was going to raise you. it to discuss with you. Yad Vashem is Israel's National Holocaust Memorial Museum. And, and it's huge and it's well done as a museum. And it memorializes the 6 million Jews, including a million and a half children who were murdered uh, during, the, during the Holocaust. And I knew that you did that, but it's also interesting. I don't think you had ever shared with me about that voice in 2006 telling you to repent. Um, did you ever connect studying at Yad Vashem and, and the horrors of the Holocaust with that voice from 2006? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Even I, I will have to tell you on, on one of my next trips, I think it was in 2009, because now I had, I had the urge to be in Jerusalem whenever I could. And so, excuse me, it was 2008. I traveled back again with the, the same group. Um, and I took my son this time, my youngest son. And while I was there at Yad Vashem visiting, because everybody goes to visit the Holocaust, usually every tour group, I had another experience within there um, at the, um, I think it's called the well of souls. Um, but it's that big well that you look down into and you just, you contemplate and, and above you, uh, is photographs of those that were, you know, lost and yeah. everything. Yeah. And I was so overcome. And I told the Lord then whatever you need me to do, you know, this was just a personal moment, but I said, whatever you need me to do to be a, uh, uh, a friend or something that that to to honor the Jews, I will do it. I you know I w- I would study. I would just do whatever. I was very very overcome. And this is this is 2008 now. So sure. I kept getting being prepared. I also followed a Jewish man in there, tapped him on the shoulder, and I said, I need to ask. I, I need to tell you, thank you for. Uh, I said, I'm a Gentile. Thank you for um, letting me know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, even though I'm a Christian, I want to thank you for that. That, And I, I want to repent for anything that Christians have ever done. And, you know, it's just things like that. And he, he was very kind, probably... <laughs> I mean, we have to think about how that is. Somebody just comes and taps you yes, in the context. A little that... bit sounds a little bit, woo, you know, woo woo. But he was very kind. He said, no, honey, it's fine. It's okay. And I said, well, and I, I get real emotional, but I just, I felt it so strongly. And so um, I'm not running around still doing that in Jerusalem, except for <laughs> when God says it to me. I have a whole thing about Joshua's altar too, but okay. we can get in that another day. Um, right. I did do a repentance up there. It seems to be that that's something that God has wanted me um, to do 
in certain times and certain places. Um, even though I've never individually, not like the Jews or anything else, I still belong to a corporate whole. And, and there is things in that, and it's just gotten deeper and deeper. But I guess I tied my um, study in Yad Vashem back to 2008, where um, I made that pledge to God. Um, and um, then in 2014, when that got brought to me to, you have to, you have to send in a, you have to uh, apply to go for that. They only take 25 people a year. I don't even know if they're still doing it because they're a teaching center too. And it is intense. And when I got picked, I really thought I'd won the lottery. It's it's like I, an I, Ivy League. It's an Ivy League program for something of that oh, nature. Unbelievable. And, and, and no less exclusive. Yes, indeed. Yes. So so you've spoken a lot about repentance vis-a-vis your vis-a-vis mm-hmm. your faith to a degree. Um, but but just that, that that's what you were told that you needed to do. Um what what else was added to your faith or changed in your faith? And 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 maybe specifically by being in Israel, the, your understanding of the Bible. Well, I think that that what it is is uh, the, is that when I in Israel now, as I look at it, the, the eyes that I looked at it is that I see the word of God coming forth and being true. I, I, it's like people talk about prophecy or, you know, forward thinking. I, I'll just call it forward thinking. If you go back into the old, I'm a very big, I study the old, I don't want to call it the Old Testament. I don't call it that in my church. I talk about being the First Testament and the Second Testament for us, you know, because it, God says in his word that on, uh, on two or more witnesses, a thing is established. Well, he's right. established for me in the first uh, Testament, no matter what, because again, my belief, um, using the Shema is there's only one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and Jesus. And so it, it, how it all works together. I don't have to, God can explain that to people, uh, or I'll sit down offline with somebody one day, but it is that prophecy is fulfilled. When you go over and you see Jerusalem, it's like a time machine and you go, not just Jerusalem, but Israel, it's like a time machine. You're going back. It's modern. There's lots of things going on, but you're seeing the ancient places. You're going to the ancient places where there's still remnants of it. And you see what God is doing in the rebuilding, because he said in Jeremiah 31 that he was going to rebuild, um, and he says, once again, I will plant vineyards on the hills of, of yes. uh, Samaria for a day will come when the watchmen will call. They'll come. And, and, and so I feel like I'm a watchman because I pray all the time for Israel because that's commanded in the scriptures. And I have got to see the vineyards coming back. I mean, because when also you study, you, 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 you know, you look at Mark Twain and the desolation that he talked about when he came there in the 1800s. I've seen photographs, of the early 1900s, and then you go and you're seeing this flowering and budding. It is the scriptures coming alive. You know, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I, I'll never, I meant to say it before. I'll never forget our conversation that we had when I was speaking to you about the idea of establishing the Genesis one, two, three foundation and run for Zion. And, and we, I, I'll, I'll net for my life, the rest of my life, 
I'll never forget the conversation and, and most significantly where I was standing. I went outside because I guess I was being noisy in, in my excitement speaking with you. Um, and also in my old house where you were, I, I had bad cell phone reception inside. So I went outside and I was standing right next to our grapevine. And, mm-hmm. and so when I walked out of the house, you're talking about prophecy being fulfilled. When I walked out of that house, I looked at a grapevine that was giving fruit. And if I went to the backyard, I had a lemon tree and an apple tree and a plum tree and then a pear tree that didn't make it. And then in my front yard, I had apricot, lime and cherry. And so I just felt like we're, we we were so blessed to have that happening in our land. And that's a, that's a great scripture that you mentioned, which, which actually leads to another, maybe that's a, maybe I'm, I'm sort of begging an answer, but if you were to, the pandemic is over, Pastor Linda is taking a busload of people, Christians from your church, from all over to come and see Israel. What are the top three things that you want them to see as Christians? Uh, oh gosh, the top three things. All right. Well, of course, um, I, 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 I would want to go out um, to um, these different places, the hills of Samaria or uh, uh, where you are, you know, and see literally the budding and the trees and all sure. of that. And, and, and um, of course, I want people to go to Yad Vashem because you, you just you can't go without that. But there's just, I don't know. Then you go down to the Galilee, Caesarea, you, you want to go there. I just, there, I have really continued just to explore it. I've been there seven times now. How do you pick one place? It's just like, for me, Israel is the navel of the world. And it is where the umbilical cord that tethers us all to the one true God is. Jerusalem is his footstool. He puts his feet there. But you, he's walked all over it, and you just see the places. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I, I, you've shown me places I had never seen. Yes, yeah, so you've seen. We, we had some great times. You know that I, I've never seen. And when I came for Run for Zion, and we went to um, the the Oak, and yes. uh, just there, I every time I come, I'm just blown away. All right, so I, I'm, I'm going to summarize your answer is that people should come to Israel as often as possible and see everything. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my husband's only been, uh, he's been twice now and he's like, well, I know know. we need to go back. We need to go back. So we're just waiting it for all to open up. And I I have people here asking me, please, can we go on a tour? So, but they want to go on a small one and, and that's interesting. Yeah. It's more personal. personal and where we can really talk about the places and pray, it, yeah. just pray blessings because it's a blessing to be there. Well, one of the, I, we, we've spoken about it, I think, and I haven't made an announcement to this effect, but, uh, but maybe at the right time we will, when people can come back and tourism is, is opened up again, we'll uh, we, we did speak about doing something uh, before the pandemic um, run for Zion is meant specifically for runners and, and more serious walkers. But we are also talking about a walk for Zion uh, program. That's going to be along the scenic trails of the Galilee where people can walk five, 10, maybe 20 kilometers a day in the really pristine paths that, that go through the untouched Hills of the Galilee and literally, just like I live, I, that, that's the Galilee. I live in Judea, south of 
Israel, but south of Jerusalem. But we th- those paths exist. I always get bothered because I tend to have sometimes a little too much integrity when people talk about walking in the walking where Jesus walked, because there are really only a handful of places that you can say in Israel today that Jesus actually would have walked. We don't know where he actually stepped, but, but I, I contend that the same way we have paths here and figuratively in my backyard, that were the biblical highways that people walked and, and transversed with their donkeys um, we do that up in the Galilee, of course, that's where Jesus walked, because those were the ways to commute, to go on pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Yes. So I'm looking yes. forward to that and and having that quiet, serene time. And and I, I guess that's a bit of a shameless plug to get interest for people to join us when, when we're able to do that. Um, I wanted to ask you, looking at modern Israel, 73 years old, the birth of Zionism, modern Zionism is only going back uh, to the 1800s, although we, we as Jews have played, prayed for our return, not just 2000 years, but for 2500 years since the first exile. And there are still communities, people who were in exile from the first uh, diaspora when the, when the Babylonians uh, kicked most of us out. Um, but now Israel's back, right? Thriving on so many levels, um, um, fulfilling those prophecies. And I love what you said before about um, the, that, that coming here underscores that the word of God is true. But when you think about modern Israel, what's, what scripture comes to mind or what significant biblical moments come to mind? Um, again, I, I, I have to go to that Jeremiah 31. Uh, again, that's one of them because it's the, it's not just the fruit trees and all that, but it's the budding of the Jewish people. It's their flowering. It's their bearing fruit in their work. One of the things that I, I got to do on um, my um, last trip there was to go up and uh, go to people that are in areas that are just developing and see their work. Uh, potter, we went to see a potter and, and a potting. She she moved um, moved out in the hills of Samaria. We went and and saw people had made their aliyah and were, were were thriving and doing businesses. The love of family, the people that I met, the love of family and their love of God. We went up to this one farm. And that's in an area that um, they've built a, a settlement, a, a community. I, I don't, I don't know whether to call it, which you call it, but a community, and it's um, on a farms that produce a lot of the um, organic. And a young girl met us there, and one of the most exciting things was that she said uh, uh, she was showing us all the work and how hard it had been uh, because there was a lot of. Uh, uh, they, they, they've had people that don't want them there. Let's, let's put it. We all know that that happens in Israel and, but how did they, she wanted to raise her family there and everything. And she takes me over and they had built a little stone synagogue, uh, or a place where a Torah scroll could be and, and okay. they could to, to, to learn from. And so she took us in there. It was very beautiful. It was very, it was very small. And it was mostly for these workers and everything that were on this farm and the, but the thing is, is that we were walking over there. Um, she was telling me how glad that she was that we, she knew we, I was a Christian in a Christian group and, and, uh, and she was delightfully Jewish and, and very, um, 
but it was her love. It was just like, I'm so glad you're here. Um, and that's what I see is the, the, the love of family. And then they make us feel like we're family. Uh, There's an honor and a respect there. Does everybody have it? No, that everybody doesn't have it in America either. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But, but there is just the, and the, 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 the love for God that I see. Um, and even as modern as it is, is that the roots, the roots of their faith are deep. And, and this idea that, that there is a physical and spiritual connection to the land that God has given them, that, that, that they're, they know that God has placed them there for a reason. And so it does, and, and they're very industrious. I mean, you're, you're one of them. When I say industrious, I mean, you know, uh, just the, the design, just, I don't know. I, I don't know how to say, cause I know we were using the word modern, but you're modern, but yet your roots are so ancient and they're sunk right into where well, we're you rooted. Are. We, 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 that's one of the great things is that we are modern, but we're rooted in our 4,000 year history um, yes it's and and that's and that's ancient and it's biblical and it defines who we are and and i it might even be fair to say everything that we do Um, yes yes and i think that that is a beautiful thing and it also caused me to rethink you know where god has sent me which is in america and that i i um and i love my country i mean i've always grown up loving but i mean to think about i'm rooted there for a reason you know and so my reason for rooting there is then to bring back what i see over there and talk about it over here sure and, and that we would feel the same way about we have a purpose in America, but we're joined together. Sure. I mean, nobody can, I'm doing my hands together. Nobody can see that. But anyway. <laughs> but, but it's interesting that you say that again, because I'm, I'm sure that people listening now, not seeing your hand movements, but are, are of a, a variety of backgrounds. Some have never been to Israel and you've now whet their appetite to want to come here and experience some of the things that either that you've experienced or that they'll experience that's unique. And you've had people who have been here on any number of uh, trips and, and never to denigrate anyone coming on any trip, but there's a very big difference. If you come on a tour group tour pilgrimage that you're on and off a tour bus multiple times a day, seeing sites and maybe, maybe studying a little scripture or, or, or the significance, but not, not in great, not, not you mentioned roots, not planting your own roots here. And I have a feeling that, and I hope that some people listening to what you're saying will feel that, that, that there's a calling to them to, to, to come here and have that. um, I think there is Is to do a pilgrimage, like what you're saying, where you really come to study and to learn what God is trying to show you. Yeah. Yeah. More than a tour, and and also connecting with Jewish people. I mean, the, yes, our, our relationship aside, of course, you're coming to my house for Shabbat um, because we are family. But but yeah. to have experiences like that, and you, we don't have time today to go all to go into all of the experiences. But that that I know yeah. that you had here that also have connected you. But you just highlighted that other beautiful point with a woman in the in the farming community. Um, so that's great. Um, I want to begin to wrap up 
and talk about, you know, come back to, to, um, to biblical text, to scripture. Yes. God tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You've referred to being a watchman on the wall, to bless Israel, and many other injunctions that, um, that connect us to this place and that are important, and, and the people, us, me, and that are important to him. So when, on a day-to-day basis, you're, you're a pastor, you have a church, you're also, you're also connected with other Christians who love Israel there in Austin and, and around the world and, and with people like me. How does being a watchman, how does praying for Jerusalem, how does blessing Israel play out in your day-to-day life? Well, she's never far from my mind, number one. I have, uh, which you, I'll show you. I have a list. Oh, wow. Beehive. My Jerusalem prayer list, which are on it. Um, and I try to use that. And I put the different people on it that God, the, my Jewish brothers and sisters and and everything. Because I love your wife, too. Remember, she entertained me for Shabbat, not just you. Uh, and your family. Oh, my gosh. But um, to do that. But the, but the thing is that I, I want to be sure that I say this before I close. Okay. Go ahead. The whole point with it being a foundation, that you're my foundation, and, and my faith springs from that. Of course, it makes me very cognizant of how I preach the word of God, how I talk to other people, because here's the deal, because I don't want anybody thinking that I'm not all the way with Jesus or Yeshua, if we'd give him his right name. Um in that, in Isaiah, I just want to give us two scriptures because you said to return to the Bible. Isaiah 28, 16 says this. This is something you and I have talked about before. That says, the sovereign Lord says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. As, as people that believe in Jesus as our Messiah, Christians, we know that Jesus has been called the cornerstone. And I think I never really understood that until all of this just kind of comes together. And even this morning, as I was looking that up to talk about the corners, to say something about that. If you look in Matthew 42, excuse me, there is no 42. Matthew 21, 42 is your Christian. It says this, Jesus said to them, and he was talking to to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and I want to put it in context, but he's speaking to us today. Have you never read in the scripture, and he quotes that passage, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and the Lord has done this, and now listen to what he says, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Right. So Jesus is saying, sure, there's going to be a rejection of me. Okay. But that's okay. It's God's doing because if that happens, then they're going to go out in the world and gather up the Gentiles. That's me. They're going to come for me. That's how I'm trying to see it. So I don't want anybody to take this in a negative light. You can't. He's telling us beforehand, don't worry and I'm going to say this, and and please, I don't want anybody taking this out of context. Israel's rejection is our blessing for a time. We got blessed with getting to know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through who Jesus sent out, which were all Jewish men. Hello. It's in the 300s 
that it got just like we have to do a whole nother program on that. But when <laughs> it went out and they tried to then take it from being a Jewish movement. Okay. Yes. So all this other junk that we hear, you know, I, I'm not even going to say the words because they're all negative. It's dumb. You're stupid. You're going against God. He's got a bigger plan than any of us could ever make. And so to build the kingdom of God, of Zion, of heaven, we need each other. I cannot do it without you. And I really believe I'm important to you as Jews because the cornerstone helps you build the building. And so, uh, you know, I'm not, all I'm asking you to do is say, we know we're, there's one God and one God only. And you. the Shema, I, I, I do it all right. the time. I, I have a ring on my finger that has, you know, the Shema on it. To remind myself, I am, whether you love it or not, I'm wedded to the Jewish people and you're wedded to me. So there we go. We yeah. are out building the kingdom of God and we need each other. It's the cornerstone along with the foundation that keeps the building in alignment and we're all in this together to serve the Lord's purposes. That's God's beautiful. Purposes. That's beautiful. I was going to ask you, you was sort of a prophetic answer. I was going to ask you, what do you think you need to tell Christians that they about Israel that they don't already know? You just answered that, but you went even exactly. deeper because it's important in the context of building bridges, not just for Christians to hear that, but for Jews to hear that because it's, it's very easy for us. And that's for another conversation as Jews to kind of dismiss the significance of of uh, Christians and Christianity and Christian support for it, all of it. And that's, there's, there's baggage and there's, a, that's, that's maybe three podcasts worth of material, but, uh, <laughs> but you, you just, you just gave a great answer um, to, to kind of begin to summarize why, not just why Israel is significant, but why what we do in Genesis, the Genesis uh, 12, one, two, three foundation and, and building bridges um, I, I'm going to have to use that metaphor of the cornerstone a lot more because I think that's a, a, a beautiful. It's important because I got to use the foundation. I'm, I want to say to Christians, you have nothing to stand on if you wanted to replace ah. uh, Judaism and say, oh, no, no, it's all about Christians. It's all about us. We got it. Uh, hello, go and look at all the scriptures and we could give it on another podcast and probably take us a whole podcast where it says that God says, these are my people forever, everlasting over and over. If he changes his mind about the Jews, well, guess what? We're out the window too, pretty soon. Then we're all going to be worshiping Buddha. Exactly. Thank you. And so, you know what? We need each other. I've got, I have no faith unless I have the foundation. And our part is to help keep it all in alignment with what we've learned and we take in and we share with one another. I I think there are two great things about hosting a podcast. One is we get to have great conversations and share information and really provoke people. And And I think we've done that. And I thank you. The other is to leave people wanting more. And I, and I'll probably re re listen to this and make notes because I can probably come up with just out of our conversation, four or five, maybe six other topics that, that um, should be, should be discussed. And, and, and I say should be discussed, not just because you raised them, but because we, we need to have this understanding of the commonality. We don't have to agree on everything. Um, Right. And, And I always say when I, when I begin the, 
um, uh, inspiration from Zion webinars when we're live and people can see and, and interact live, um, I always say that we approach our relationship through Genesis 1-2-3 Foundation with, from our respective traditions, but with mutual respect. And if we can get to that point and just widen the circle bigger and bigger and bigger, then I think we're really doing great, uh, great service. Um, there's a lot to take away. This has been amazing. I want to wrap up and just remind people to please um, ask questions, dialogue, uh, comments about this and and other topics that may be of interest uh, and and communicate at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. I would be tremendously remiss if I did not always remember to thank um, our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. I don't think I've ever been to Culpeper, Virginia. Um, And and if I were, I would have no particular reason to be going to a greenhouse because I can't bring plants back with me on an airplane to Israel anyway. But I do want to say anyone who's within distance of Culpeper and needs something from a greenhouse or just wants to go and thank some dear people who, who care about building bridges and helping to make this podcast possible, go in and thank them and, and our friends, the Coin family. Who are sponsors? Um, we're also we also want to invite people to sponsor future episodes. Um, this is of course not live; it's recorded. I'm recording it on the the day before the anniversary of the death of a dear friend, um, Tom Flory, the husband of my uh, we call her my bow mom, my bonus mother. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm I'm the only Orthodox Jew I know who has the blessing of having a Christian mother. Um, which is uh, right. And she's my bonus mother. Um, so I wanted to, to dedicate what we're doing today in memory of Tom and with gratitude to Priscilla and, and, and our relationship. Um, we are also going to be having, like this is the beginning of a series of a dialogue with pastors and other Christian leaders about the significance of Israel. We're also going to be having uh, conversations with rabbis, your opportunity to ask the rabbi anything about Judaism about traditional Judaism, that we can expand upon that and your knowledge. So please, um, please be in touch. And uh, if you're need, you and uh, anyone in your, any of your loved ones are in need of prayer, um, a, a, a prayer to God from Israel is a local call. So we're, we're um, welcoming that opportunity to pray for you from, uh, from Jerusalem as well. Um, until you join us for the next episode, not you specifically, Pastor Linda, but everybody, um, thank you for taking the time. I hope that this has really uh, been of interest and fulfilled the objective that we are um, that we are establishing to by, by the name of this program to be an inspiration from Zion. Um, God bless you and uh, stay, stay safe and healthy. Hallelujah.